Welcome to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. My name is Andrea Wilson-Woods, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cancer U. Join me each week as I interview cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers about their cancer journeys. You're listening to Cancer Youth Thrivers, where real people share true stories. I am so excited. I'm here today with Chrissy Canny, and she's going to share her story. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm thrilled. And so for people listening, can you describe what's going on in your background? Let's just start there. So Vincent Brooklyn is my jewelry company that I have had for about six years this fall. It was started in honor of my dad, who I lost to cancer 20 years ago. And so it was always about, you know, so you put your favorite scent in the back and I'm a firm believer when stress, you need stress, relax, or magical memories that a scent can bring out in you. It was just a way to create my happy memories with my dad down at Botanical Gardens when I was a little girl and a way for me to give back. I'm an avid fundraiser. I love to, you know, raise money in any way I can and but then I started this, we were one for one, but now what we do is we give 10% of our profits um, to organizations like making sure it's against breast cancer or other, other friends that we have that are, uh, we, we have amazing friends that have oh, lots of, <laughs> lots so of charitable organizations. So it's great. Okay. Wow. Well, that's really cool. And I'm so sorry about your dad. Um, let, let's start there. So take us back to the beginning. Sure. So Cancer is really big in my family. It's, I lost every aunt and uncle on my dad's side to cancer in some form or another. Um, my mom had, you know, had thyroid cancer. She's good. My uncle had prostate cancer. My dad was a strong, vibrant, young 70-year-old with a spitfire, loved to ski, loved to go out and do anything fun that he could with the life of the party. And then he was diagnosed with cancer and everything was taken away from him. And when you watch somebody suffer and just be bedridden and just cry and lose their love of food that they taught you to appreciate so much, it, it kind of does something to you. And from when daddy passed, uh, it'll be 20 years ago this summer, I decided that I wanted to give back and make a difference in any way I could. I never wanted a cancer patient to feel alone um, again. And I kind of always knew that maybe that journey would come back to myself one day because so many people in my family have cancer. Have you had any genetic testing done? Just um, the BRCA test was the only testing that I had because my sister had breast cancer in 2005. And then I myself was diagnosed um, last December. Wow. So very recently. Yeah. Um, I wish I just celebrated my one year anniversary on two, two of my double mastectomy. So yeah. So I'm okay. Yeah. So uh, did the BRCA gene come back with anything? I mean, Uh, no, it was negative. Wow. They they think that maybe that, you know, somebody wants to do a little further searching to see what is in their family. So, you know, there's stomach cancer, there's liver cancer, there's lung cancer, um, and we have a lot of inflammation disease in the family too. So 
Yeah. Just haven't done it yet. But so if you know somebody that does that, or do you think I should reach out to, I'd appreciate any tip on that. Yes. Send me an email. I know I do not off the top of my head, but I know I do. Um, Great. Yeah. I'm going to, yes, I do. So I'll stop there. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what is the age gap between you and your sister? And what was that like when she was diagnosed? And then we're going to talk about your journey. The age difference between my sister and I is, so I'm 51, she's 71. That's about 20 years. Okay. And we're half, we're, we're, we're half related. So we right. this, we have the same father, different mother. Um, so in 2005, you know, she was living in Chicago away from us all. And she had a single mastectomy, uh, radiation, chemotherapy suffered and, but she's doing great now, all these years later. And she was in her fifties um, at this point, if I'm doing my math yeah, right. She was 55. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she was like 55, just about. So I would say that I was always the one sister in the family. There's a bunch of us, but I was the only, I was the one from the first time I had a mammogram that I had to follow up. Really? Like, yes. Yes. So for, since I'm 40, since I started, they're like, no, you need to come back. Like they've always seen something. I've had multiple scares. So I kind of wasn't shocked when I was diagnosed. So take us to that. What, when was it? And since you have had multiple scares, you know, what were your thoughts before you knew? So it was, so not this, so not 2022 and 2021 in December, I had the biopsy, but in November, it was my six month checkup because I had to go okay. every six months. I have very dense breasts. I was a week out from shooting a live TV show. So I was really like, I don't have time for anything else. Like right. I wanted to cancel the appointment. You know, it was a live <laughs> TV show selling our product on Joy Mangiano's TV show, America's Big, you know, America's Big Deal. I'm like, this is what I got to focus on. I have to study. I have to get ready. I have to do all this. And, you know, I go, I was, um, luckily I've been at Sloan in their RISE program because my sister had breast cancer. I had moved over after my last scare and the doctor walked out and she's like, I'm like, oh, what, what now? Like, you know, like, come on, hit, hit it, hit it, hit me. And she's like, I think you have DCIS. And that's when I knew. And I'm, because I had two girlfriends the past year who had that. So really? where there's always, yeah. So where there was always, there's a scare. There's a scare. We can't see in your breast. You know, right. I had never gone to the point in all those years that I needed a biopsy. Okay. So I'm like, okay, you know, like I, I don't have time for this. Like I, I really, I have to get ready for TV and in that, that whole week. So it's like, okay, I, I almost got her to give me a biopsy that day, but she had to go pick her daughter. I almost convinced her. I'm like, come on, just, I need this not sitting on me. <laughs> um, that's it. You know, I had a family wedding the next day. I was just like, my, I told my one sister, she's like, don't worry. Like, you're fine. You're fine. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you know, I know I'm not, but I felt empowered at that point already because after being so nervous, I'm like, okay, we caught something. It's early. I'm good. And that was the, that's the head that I've had from the beginning. Like I'm in power. So we scheduled it. A week after the show, the second week of December, I'm at a, you know, it took, it was like, it was like super busy because the Thanksgiving, so everything was backed up. 
I'm at a Christmas party, which I knew I was going to be like, I'm like waiting. And um, it's like, okay. Um, yeah, Mrs. Canny, you have cancer. Wait, you were at the and Christmas like, party when you got this news? And I get the phone call. Yeah, it's 730. Oh I like stepped God. outside. I'm like, I'm like, okay. You know, she's like, you have DCIS with microinvasion giving you like a stage 0.5 you know, you need to come in and discuss what we're going to do. And I just like went into the party, took a sip of wine, <laughs> walked out and went, I went home and came home and told my husband the news. And I already knew what I was going to do at that from that point on, I had decided a long time ago. You had. So what did you decide to do? So I walked into my doctor a week later. I wrote a funny blog about it because it's like, what do you wear when you're going to find out? Like, talk about your boobs and when you're when you diagnosed with cancer. Like, do you put hair and your makeup on? Like, what happens? <laughs> so, but I did. I'm like, okay. Um, so I, and this is something like that I'm really adamant and sharing with my friends from having two friends and my sister have their breast cancer journey. I yeah. was able to listen to who had a double mastectomy, who had a single mastectomy, who had radiation, who had a nipple and skin save from our cousin, who, you know, I was able to take all these stories and decide what I wanted to do. So I sat down with her that day and she's like, um, you know, so you can have a lumpectomy and you can go, you know, you can have radiation for five weeks, five days a week, you know, for five weeks, five days. And then you, then I'm like, and then go on tamoxifen. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, and what's my rate of it coming back? She said about 28% with your family history. Oof, and I went, that's on the higher end for sure. And, and I'm like, well, no, I'm like, what if I have a double mastectomy while I still like, I still have my skin and I could still, you know, I could save my skin and nipples. What would my chances be of it coming back? And she said about two and a half percent. And I said, well, that's what we're doing. And I, you know, I walked out of there, like, you know, my husband's just like, whatever you want. And it was the best decision I ever made because when on surgery day, you know, when I'm finally recovering, she comes to visit me. She's like, yeah, you were right about having a double mastectomy. She's like, we found stage one cancer hiding in your breast. Wow. And I'm like, I knew it was the right decision because if, imagine waking up, well, a lump of that back to me, I wouldn't have been asleep and she swore she would have seen it, but I wouldn't have been able to go on. Yeah. Like I would have, I would have had to schedule it anyway. So I just knew it was right. And then I had the surgery. They were almost able to do a one and done that for my reconstructions with my implants, my skin was really thin. So I had to have expanders. But in two months, then I had my, my implants put in and I'm doing really, really, really well. Wow. Now, did you not have to have any radiation or chemotherapy? Or tamoxifen. Really? Because you chose the surgery route and, and just all early, obviously very, very early. Yeah. I mean, they tried convincing me, like, <laughs> you know, my doctor's like, just meet, please meet with her, meet, meet, meet with her. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet with her. Is this the radiologist? Like, Be nice to her. The oncologist. Oncologist. She's like, okay. Right. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. And I'm like, I'm like, nice she's like just be nice to her. Just be nice to her. Just listen to what she has to say. She's like, I know you're opinionated and you're, you know, you're super research, but she's like, I'm like, okay, okay. I'll be nice. I'll go listen. And she sat me down and she's like, 
you know, we, we think you should go on tamoxifen. And I'm like, okay, I had a double mastectomy to avoid going on that. Mm-hmm. So what would that, what's, so I'm at two, two and a half percent. What are you taking it down to? 2.2, like 2.17, like what crazy percentage? What was her She's response? Like, yeah. I'm like, so no. She's like, yeah, that I'm like, how is that worth it to, to change my life, to change my sex life, to change, you know, my skin and my feelings and go menopause. Like, you know, like that's not my, what I wanted to do. And I felt empowered. That's why I share with so many women, make sure you ask what happens before, what happens after, how's it going to be like, talk to your friends. I'm very, very, you can see I'm very vocal about it. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you, it's so interesting. You had all of these experiences, not just from family, but from friends. And so you, you did have, and, and, and everybody chooses a different route. There's no like one route that's exactly the same for, for people who don't know, because I'm trying to think, and I don't think I've ever dived into an episode where we've gone deep on this, but if, but if so, I will link to it. So explain what tamoxifen does and why some people are put on tamoxifen. It's a, it's a hormone blocker, right? So if you have estrogen positive cancer, you want to block that so that you're not producing estrogen. And explain, especially for, for the men who may be listening, what that means when you're on a hormone blocker like tamoxifen. Um, let's see, it changes your skin, it changes your mood, uh, it changes your sexual uh, feelings, it does things down there that are uncomfortable for some women. Um, it, it just makes you feel some friends felt sick on it, yeah. and felt different um, out, out of it. And it was just not something I wanted to do. I'm happily married for 28 years. And, uh, you know, I still like uh, being intimate with my partner. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts you into menopause, correct? Yeah. 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 Right away. Yeah. Wow. That was such a. And then, I mean, and then they also say that there's, there's risk to it too. Yes. You know, so. Yes. Do you, I have to ask, do you have any daughters? I do. I do. Do you worry about your daughters getting breast cancer or any cancer? Of Of course. Yeah. Of course. What was their experience with you going through? You know, when I try to be, uh, she she was, um, unfortunately, my daughter Kate was at school in her final term of college. So she came down whenever she could, but she's, um, she's a champion and uh, a cheerleader. Chrissy, I'm going to have you hold her. And my family was really like. I'm going to have you hold her just a moment. All right, Chrissy, before we were rudely interrupted by my dog, uh, we were talking about your daughter and how she was in her last semester of college. She came down when she could and that she was, to use your words, a champion. So what do you think she may or maybe she shared what she has learned from watching you go through this? Most importantly, the one thing that I wanted for her to learn and her friends is that cancer does not mean death, right? that you always have to be empowered and that attitude in a family or everything. Right. So that's, so we were able to, we, she was, my surgery was while she was in her last term, but I was diagnosed. Um, She was watching the show. So when she came home a week later, so mid December, when she came home, you know, we sat down and we told her and it was funny. We didn't call it cancer for a while because I kept telling everybody that like, if, if, we called it spicy tuna roll, which is, I know it's crazy. 
because when I told them, like I told everybody, if I had a lumpectomy, that they would remove a size, like a size a of a spicy oh, tuna roll got and it. I have small breasts. And I'm like, that's not an option. You know, that's half my breast. That's right. another thing that people have to think about when you have a lumpectomy. It's okay, not so this big. You have point. to ask how big. And yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want my breast half gone, you know? Right. So, so we joked around and she, the, my whole family, my husband, my two children were like, whatever you decide, like we're with you hundred percent and good riddance, like cut the cancer out, be grateful. That's the kind of cancer that it is that you can just cut it out like that and be right. gone. Right. A spicy tuna roll. <laughs> I, I like that. I've, I've had, some, I've had right flank pain for two and a half years and I call him Walt. It just got to a point where I was like, right flank pain is really wordy. And, and he feels like he lives inside of me. So, and his name is Walt. And, and my doctor asked why Walt? I'm like, I don't know. He just told me his name's Walt. So he's Walt. I said, he's definitely a man. Cause he's a real pain. So he's a man. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> so, so I love that you did that. I, I really, I really do. And I mean, I don't know many women who with estrogen positive you know, breast tissue, breast cancer, who have said no to, to tamoxifen. So I really have to give kudos to you. Is that I, I, I know a lot of people who have taken it and have stopped taking it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like my sister was on it for a while and stopped. And I had a girlfriend who found the right dose and she lowered it. But what, what I decided to do is that, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to watch what I eat and try to control, you know, things naturally yeah. more right. so. Right. So anything specifically you did in that realm? I gave up a lot of my chewy candy that I really love. Oh, like sugar, did. sugar, sugar. Well, what's your Swedish favorite fish? chewy candy? Uh, now I need Swedish to know. Swedish fish. Oh, really? 100%. 100%. When I was pregnant with my son, Michael, I must have eaten like a pound a day. Really? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. But no, or very little. And jelly sugar. beans, like jelly beans. Oh. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I gave up all that. And then I really increased my vitamin D through my research um, and like reading books and talking to people. The one thing that my doctor would agree upon with all my crazy research, she's like, just stop reading. Just please, stop reading. <laughs> but what did he like, agree on? What did it tell us? She, she agreed on. She, she agreed on how important vitamin D is. Yeah. And if I, I said, okay, if my, you know, general practitioner had said to me, Chrissy, you know, your vitamin levels are just above the green. Yeah. Maybe you should start taking some vitamin D. Maybe I, I would have been able to shed those bad shucks cells in my breast really yes I didn't know it was that important it, wow. it's, it's very important so you wow. need to be like at a level of 60 I think from what I read and it's just really important to keep it away wow. so like so if you look at the map and study like where breast cancer is more prevalent it's like darker places you know women of color because they're not getting I the always vitamin D. learned something new this is fascinating oh my gosh I had no idea yeah, I push, I push all my friends. I'm like, vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D. It's like, we have to keep our levels up. And that's what I stay on top of my daughter about, like, you know, going outside without sunblock for a little while to really get those vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really critical. 
And of course, the sun and I have a very tumultuous relationship. So I like the sun. It doesn't always like me. So. No. Yeah. You ha- I mean, you still have to be smart. Yeah. yeah. But you, we all need a little, even for we skin do. cancer, you need a little bit of natural vitamin D to prevent skin cancer. It's, it's, I know it's confusing. It's hard. Yeah. No. Um, I, I did not know that about breast cancer though. So I find that really fascinating. What would you... If you could go back in time, I don't get to ask this question very often, but I feel like it's very pertinent for you. What would you tell your 16-year-old self about all this cancer and stuff in your family? What would I tell the 16-year-old version? Um, probably around 16 is my Aunt Mary died. Okay. So she died of colon cancer. So I think I was already telling myself to always be aware of my body and how I felt and to yeah. go to the doctors and to take care and stay on top of things. I think I've always been saying that. Wow. And what is one thing you wish you had known at the beginning, even with all this previous knowledge you had, is there any one thing you wish you'd known? I think that I was really, I, I knew I was going to be okay. And I knew that I'd be fine. I knew I'd be strong and I knew I'd have so much support. So I don't, I don't think there was anything I could say. I, I knew. And I think that I would say to others just to have that same power and belief and an attitude of gratitude is really what can get you through. And I'm very public. I shared a lot. I did not want to be alone. I did not want to go through it alone. I've been working with breast cancer patients for five years, donating with our, you know, with our, with Vincent in Brooklyn. So I met so many amazing women and I knew it wouldn't be fair if I didn't share. And from day oh. one, I, I think I had thousands of people praying for me. So I love that. It wouldn't be fair if I didn't share. Oh God, that's so good. I kind of wish that was the tagline of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love you can it. have that one. Two <laughs> gifts. My, um, my, my, I'm working on two for my podcast. Um, we um, we find strength by giving strength because that's like my other line. But like you know, yeah. So when I was going in for surgery day, my first surgery on two two, I brought in over 400 bracelets that were donated by my friends. Oh my goodness. And then the second surgery, we bought in over 200. And on my anniversary, we just handed out about 40. So just when you focus on lifting another, yeah, you lift yourself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Do you have a, a, a retail space as well in Brooklyn? No, I don't. don't. Oh, okay. We're just a home base. We have a couple of stores that carry us, but we're, That's great. we're just a, a small business. Wow. Oh, not, Hey, not just a small business, small business is tough. So <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that it is. Chrissy, I'm really curious about this, especially given your family. What is one thing you only get one I only get that one, you would oh. change about healthcare in the U S and why? Uh, uh, hmm. What would one thing be changed? That doctors would be, should be able to talk more and communicate more. Okay. Explain what you mean. So like my first scare, it was like, we see something on your lung and then we see something in your breast and they wouldn't communicate. 
and the, and they were like in the same office. It was like, so it was very frustrating for me. Like, can't, you know, don't you think you guys should be talking and working on a yes. team? And yes. I think that I would like to see a little more like um, old medicine brought in. I don't want drugs and things, you know, let's talk about vitamin D and sunshine. Like when they used to send people to the sea. All right, Chrissy, are you ready for the Thriver rapid fire questions? Hit me. All right. Beach, desert, or mountains? Beach. Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones? I think Beach Boys. What is one word that best describes you? Mm, Fundraising. (laughs) Or creative. Before you die, what is the last song you want to hear? Oh, probably my wedding song. Have I told you lately that I love you? Oh, oh, how sweet. What about the last meal you want to eat? Oh, well, it's not possible, but I love my dad's fried egg. (laughs) And the last person or people you want to see? My husband. And the last words you will speak? I love you. And aside from cancer, you, what's one resource you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And I also want you to tell us a little bit more about the business because you started yeah. before you were ever diagnosed. Yeah. So there's a great company, um, uh, Pink Pepper Company. Pink Pepper Company. Will you send me it. the link? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so great. She, um, she's a survivor herself and she makes breast cancer pillows for underneath after mastectomy. And I think she's great. Wow. Okay. It's really my little helper after surgery and in the car, I'll ride home. So that's one thing that, you know, I think everybody should have. Yeah. And tell us about your business. Why did you start it? So my company is Vincent in Brooklyn. It's an aromatherapy jewelry company. And it was a little bit of, I wanted to start something in honor of my dad, who I lost to cancer 20 years ago to lung cancer. And our favorite thing to do was walking the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens in the blind garden. And he'd have me close, close my eyes and practice all the different scents. So I was very trained in the mint and peppermint and spearmint and licorice and all those fun things as a child. And that was my happy memory. So I wanted to create that happy memory for for people. So it has like empowering words on the front. And then you just drop your favorite essential oil and breathe in and exhale. Um, I believe it's great to escape with memories and scent and just feel good. It's our strongest, really in terms of memory recall, can I see yeah. it again, just for the people who are watching yeah. on YouTube, the video, can you show me in the Here. camera again? Here, let's see if I do this color. I'll try not to pick one with the curse word. <laughs> well, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> apple bite, so, but I don't care. Okay. Believe. I love believe. it. Believe. Right. So then it goes right in here, the scent. Oh, I see. Your favorite essential oil right in nice. and then out the front fence. Oh my gosh. That is so clever. Wow. Yeah. And is that copper? Uh, well, it's so I, pretty. I, you know, we first started with copper with an fair trade artist. My brother, Timmy, made the first prototype out of a 30-year-old piece of copper from my dad's factory. My father was a clothing oh manufacturer God. and a machinist. That's and so, but, that's yeah, so cool. Like my little, I was a little lost in life. I was like, what am I going to do? I've owned multiple businesses. I had a brick and mortar. I had a company called Fortune Keeper and I took a job at the container store. I call it my midlife crisis. <laughs> I love the container store. <laughs> well, I love organization and helping people. So I just like talk like, hey, you know, I wanted to see if I wanted to go into the corporate world. 
And then I had the job of, you know, my husband and I started taking my father-in-law, like my 94 year old father-in-law to church. And I just started praying to God again, like, give me an idea of how to help others. And yeah. And that's the idea that came to me. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. So yeah, if you didn't give me that link, let's make sure uh, we, we put that as part of your sure. guest profile and everything. Uh, Chrissy, sure. thank you so much for, for sharing oh, your story, you. your family's story, um, and, and for what you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university. And hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. Real people, true stories. True stories.